Today we face a very split culture. One half is slapping religion on everything where it doesn't belong, and the other half is largely unreligious. It hasn't always been this way. In the 19th and 20th centuries, modernism took root as the prevailing worldview, especially in literature and in business. There are still some people who operate in a modernist worldview, but most of them are dead. In the 1980s and the 1990s, postmodernism took hold in the Generation X and early millennials. This worldview permeated literature, business, and media. About 10 to 15 years ago, there was a shift in younger millennials to view the world as what some called pseudo-modernist. This worldview was catered to by the media and influenced the rise of our nation's first celebrity president. However, from 2016 forward, the moral relativism of the different forms of modernism has turned into something called moral dualism. And in 2020 and 2021, everything in the world exasperated it. Welcome to Antikinosis, where we renew our mind towards biblical worldview and the scriptures. This is a show for anyone looking to build or repair their biblical worldview. Whether you're 100% comfortable in the current Christian culture, or you feel like an outsider looking in, everyone is welcome here. My name is Jeremy Egan. I am just a guy with a Bible literacy background who has ASD and who thinks a lot about how to think. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the evolution of modernisms in our culture and how it affects our worldview. I will admit everything I discussed today is pretty Western. My apologies for any non-Western listener. We begin with modernism, 1900 to 1940s. The human ability to reason is the most honored. Because of our ability to reason, our progress is inevitable. We are humans. We are exalted. And culture begins to question then the existence of God. At the very least, he's not transcendent. Where do our ethics come from? Humans, of course. Postmodernism then arrives in literature and lyrics as early as the 1940s, but it reaches mainstream culture in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Forget humans' ability to reason. All that did was help us conclude that there is no truth. There is only reality. The most real truth is that power prevails, and everyone else is insignificant. God must be gone. Ethics are individualized. This is followed by pseudo-modernism, at least that's what I call it. There's no consensus name. Some called it transmodernism. In this reaction to postmodernism, truth is too scary to know. Instead, we should be anxious, and we are. Power still prevails, so our only choice is to control someone. And since everyone else is insignificant, we are really only as valuable as our fame. We must become famous to matter. Forget God. Technology is the focus of our hopes and our fears. Ethics are now crowdsourced, amplified by technology. Whichever group has the power makes the ethics. Then came 2016 and the splintering effect of Donald Trump's ascension to world power and the universal support he got from his party. You can call this time dual moralism. In dual moralism, my human reason can be trusted 
but that's only if you're in my tribe or on my side. If you aren't in my tribe or on my side, your human reason cannot be trusted. If I'm a Republican and I see a little D next to your name on TV, everything you are saying is idiotic and vice versa. This culture believes that we can only make progress if we control the power. Suddenly, everything in life is politically charged, including the responses to the COVID-19 pandemic. We exalt humans, but only the correct ones. And they're not correct based on what they say or do, but by what side they're on. We now defend the indefensible and we ignore wisdom from opponents. Framing the Christian life as a culture war added to this negative impact. What if somebody came along with a decent idea? Let's use recycling as an example. Any logical human can understand that recycling is a good idea for everyone. Now let's say a group comes up with a large-scale recycling program. It's compelling stuff, but they have a little D next to their names. How can we keep the kids entrenched in a culture war ideology of good guys and bad guys when the bad guys are being so sensible? The adults in the room will label something like environmentalism as a religion. Why? This is intentional. Because every good Christian is taught to reject other religions. If you compare it, an idea to a religion, the kids have to fight the war with you. But I digress. Back to dual moralism. Technology will help us keep the correct people in power. And ethics are now dualistic. You versus me, me versus you. And a huge danger in these cultural worldviews is that a reader now disallows the author of the book to have any authority over what it means. The reader has final authority. Take that philosophy into your Bible reading and it will create a huge mess. Also consider this. A modernist, way back in the day, watched a tiny bit of TV. A postmodernist watched a ton of TV because he or she felt powerless and lived vicariously through the characters on the show. A pseudo-modernist doesn't simply watch TV, they control TV with their call-in and text-in voting. At the very least, they can tweet about a show. It'll show up on the screen, influencing other viewers. The viewer, like the reader, has final authority. Now, people will only watch TV or media in tribal silos, where they only hear what they already agree with and believe all other views are therefore immoral. Hey, video games have evolved similarly. When I was a kid, you could only climb up the ladders to hit Donkey Kong with a hammer. You had some control of how that happened, but either that happened or you died. In games today, the players control what the backgrounds look like, what obstacles they face. The world is wide open. They choose the next level or obstacle themselves. They have authority. And think about our smartphones. This is one that even the holdout modernist have succumbed to. We control our social me- social medias, who we follow, who follows us, what we like. We block, we friend, we tweet, we subscribe, we gather data from all around the world as if it's ours to control. Nothing makes a person feel more powerful than checking our smartphones. In the palm of our hands is the ability to transcend the bodily limits of space and time. 
whether I'm checking the weather in Indonesia just because I can, or commenting a blog on a blog in China, or playing Among Us. These kind of worldviews are not compatible with a worldview that God always has authority himself. So we have three choices. Number one, we can become Amish and boycott everything with an electric charge. Number two, we can ignore the problem and tweet about shows where kids leave Amish communities. Or three, we can stretch our own ability to have our biblical worldview influence our use of culture's gifts rather than culture influencing our worldview. Maybe we can begin to look up instead of down at our electronic device. Maybe we can patiently wait on God's answers when we really just want to ask Google what someone else did in the same circumstance. Or we could renew our minds and trust Jesus. Let's talk about tolerance for a second. For years, people in our world would say, it it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. And this worldview gave us the age of tolerance. Tolerance became so important that no exception was tolerated. A person could have his or her own religion and could believe it, but he or she had no right to persuade another to his or her belief. Why? Because what you are trying to say then is that your belief is superior to their belief. This is the supreme act of intolerance, the primary postmodern taboo. The age of tolerance has given way to the age of intolerance, like a pendulum shift. I am right and you are wrong. Someone might say white supremacist is a wrong idea. Racism is absolutely wrong, always. Others say Racism and oppression of minorities has its place. Society used to reject this outright and shame it into the dark. But today, in our dual moralistic culture, there's a place to be racist in the light. In fact, in an attempt to make racism okay, racists are now saying that their political enemy is saying that everyone who is white is racist. They believe that this lie will give them some sort of cover. I'm white, so I guess I'm racist. No, the racist things you say and do, or don't say and don't do make you racist, but it's a power in numbers sort of deal now. Here's some other examples. Someone might say, abortion is absolutely wrong and being sincere about women's rights doesn't matter. Someone might say, climate change is real and it's dangerous and your sincerity that it's fake science doesn't make you right. Let's talk about tolerance outside the church. The dictionary defines tolerance as to allow without prohibiting or opposing, to permit. If this is the case, then I am tolerant and we all should be. Typically, postmoderns have had a different definition for tolerance. Compromise your beliefs. They were asking me to concede that my neighbor's beliefs are just as true as mine, to forfeit the notion of objectivity, and to surrender my view of exclusivism that Jesus gave us. But 
this reality is fading fast. Our culture has moved to a new position of intolerance. So here's an example. You are either for all things homosexual or you are against all things homosexual and each group looks at the other as immoral. You are for all things abortion or against all things abortion. You, you will actually hear people say that pro-choice people want to kill babies. Want to kill babies? This is because it's all or nothing intolerance. The moderates and the middle are misunderstood and unheard by both sides. Christians should join hands with culture in a cry for true tolerance if it means to live at peace with those of other faiths and not prohibiting them from their own beliefs. But we cannot join hands with culture and promote their definition of tolerance if it means to compromise the truth of Jesus. So let's hold up there for a second. The truths of Jesus are that he is the Son of God, lived a perfect life, died a perfect death in our place, rose again victorious against death, offering us forgiveness and life. We shouldn't compromise on any of those things. It's sketchy to say that anything in Christian culture is equal to the truth of Jesus, which makes almost all forms of Western persecution actually not persecution, because Jesus almost never comes up. Christless Christianity is getting killed by culture right now. If it's Christless, it's not the kind of persecution Christ was talking about. That kind is happening all over the world too. It's just not in the forefront in America right now. In America, not Jesus, but Christian culture is under attack. In this age of intolerance, the temptation for Christian culture has been to become indistinguishable from political parties because political parties make you strong. The problem is that God isn't Republican or Democrat, but Christians on both sides assume he's on their side and that Satan anchors the other. Jesus doesn't have a favorite political party. He died for everyone in all parties and no parties, pool parties. All right. Tolerance actually sounds nice about now. So let's talk about the intolerance in 2021. You're either with me or against me, right? If you're against me, you are morally wrong. So if you want to wear a mask because the CDC said it would protect others from you accidentally spreading the virus and you wanted to do this as an act of loving my neighbor, you might face opposition from some of your brothers and sisters in Christ. Why? Because in the year 2020, listening to doctors and the CDC became a, a left-leaning position. And what was the reasoning there? If the political right is of Christ, and the political left is of Satan, and the left is following the CDC, then wearing a mask when it is recommended is immoral. It wasn't, and it isn't, immoral though. What about going maskless during mask mandates? That would have typically been impossible to defend ethically or biblically, but in the year 2020, it became super easy. You can't be wrong. 
because you're on the right and the right stands for freedom, which means the left stands for oppression naturally. Masks and shutdowns were turned into symbols of oppression and Christian persecution. And instead of using biblical worldview to examine each situation, looking for nuance, Christian culture would just tell you what was right and what was wrong now. No surprise, there was another exodus from the church. And again, it wasn't because of Jesus. It was a lack of him. If I press any further, I'm going to lose some conservative friends. And I do not want to do that. I love you guys. I'm with you guys. It's this this moral dualism has got you thinking that since I disagree with you on something, that I must be a democratic demon worshiper. And I disagree with the Democrats too. So, so, so often they think I'm a Republican demon worshiper. There was a lot of truth in Jim Wallace's book, God's Politics, how the right gets it wrong and how the left just doesn't get it. Also, in the AND campaign's book, Compassion and Conviction by Justin Gibney, Michael Ware, and Chris Butler, a politic that has no compassion will be rejected by many as evil. A politic that has no biblical conviction will be rejected by many as evil as well. They're both right. We shouldn't have to choose compassion or conviction. The Christian is called to both. So now let's turn ourselves to to kind of examine the church itself and its divisions. Many people think we should be absolutely brutal with one another in the church. After all, we know better. We should slay each other's sin. No toleration. Point out sinners and cast them out. Which, by the way, ignores the cultural context of Corinth, for example, that if you were to cast out If you were cast out of the church, you would have no welfare or care. If you got cast out of a church in 2021, you don't lose welfare or care because that isn't the church's primary mode these days. Plus, you can just go to another church. The casting out in 2021 just wouldn't meet Paul's expected effects. Paul said one of the primary ways the church preserves unity is by showing tolerance. He says this in Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, Therefore I, a prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling by which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's a Greek word here that I'm going to butcher. Avnikomenoi. It has the meaning to endure, bear with, to put up with. Someone may have a repulsive personality, Paul says, endure them. Someone may have a bad temper, Paul says, to endure them. Someone differs with you on non-essential doctrine or politics, Paul says, to endure them. So to what extent are we to be tolerant? Is there a difference in tolerating a Christian who smokes a pipe or tolerating a Christian who's involved in an insidious relationship? Should we distinguish between tolerating one who's an annihilist and one who denies the Trinity? Who who decides what's worse? Are they the same? Can we be sure? Who's the judge? Our posture should be avniko minoi on everything but two things. False gospel and unrepentant 
sin. This is where we must be careful with the phrase false gospel. On the first day of 2021, Ken Ham from Answers in Genesis took offense to being labeled a distributor of false gospel by Holy Post podcast co-host Sky Jathani. Why did Sky put this label on Ham? Because Ham has been guilty of saying that all the evils we face today, from abortion to pornography, are because society has rejected a young earth reading of Genesis 1. That isn't necessarily a false gospel, but it is a great example of dual moralism. If you believe young earth is right, and evolution or old earth creation is wrong, and you see abortion and pornography as also wrong, then it gets lumped into old earth creationism. They seem to be connected when they are absolutely not. Old earth creationists also want babies to live and people to stop using pornography. Should they believe that abortion and porn are caused by people believing young earth? No, that would be offensive to you, right? Anyway, it's best to save false gospels to be relating to things that are said to offer salvation outside of Christ, including our own work. Biblical worldview, or someone with biblical worldview, takes note of the dual moralistic trends in society and insulates against it. Because dual moralism creates division, it has a posture of war, and it has absolutely nothing to do with loving God or my neighbor. Thank you for listening. Anakinosis is a project for anyone anywhere who's looking to renew their biblical worldview. Next time, we'll discuss Christian relativism.